that make you sick to your stomach about you. Can't no one fool you about you. You are an expert on your life. Black image, baby. Come on. Miss family. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow, what a week. <sighs> what a weekend. Boy, oh boy, do I got a story to tell. <laughs> and the, the, the one thing about public life, there's always something happening. There's always something new that's on the horizon. There's always something that just stands out. I mean, <laughs> I never have to really think of a topic because it just, it just lands on my lap. So, I have to acknowledge a plethora of people today, a whole magnitude, a fold of fool. How about this? A binder full of women. <laughs> I have to acknowledge some really, really credible people in my life. Man, oh man, listen. Today, we're going to focus on dance, strictly on dance and the road to the black image regarding dance. I have to start off by saying first, I have to give a shout out to the Dance Theater of Harlem. The late, great, and absolutely astonishing Arthur Mitchell. Clap it up for him. Clap it up. When it comes down to my foundation in dance, when it comes down to my, my experience, uh, I'm thankful for that company. I'm thankful for DTH. I'm thankful for the, the, um, the organization that they have. I'm thankful for all that they've provided the community. You know, I, I'm just thankful for them because I couldn't imagine my life. <laughs> I can't imagine my life without Dance Theater of Harlem, without dance, you know, but the introductory, you have to give, have to pay respect to um, how, I, how I got started. And not only was it Arthur Mitchell, but, you know, my aunt, Indolyn Taylor, she, uh, you know, she was one of the students there. And she met her husband, Eddie Shellman, um, and them together, you know, I have to say, being from Chicago, and if I had to zero in on the one not the one thing. It was a bunch of things. But if I had to zero in on the one most important thing that changed the trajectory of my life and my uh, opinion on things and my outlook, I have to say is when my aunt and uncle invited me to New Jersey and put me in a program with Dance Theater of Harlem. Because being from Chicago, you know, we call it the inner cities, you know, up until I think the age of what, 13, saw a lot of prostitution, saw a lot of drugs being sold. I saw people get shot. I've seen people get shot at. I've seen people shoot back. I've seen so many fights. I mean, I've seen, I mean, it was so much that, you know, children at the age or at that particular age just honestly just should not be exposed to. Nonetheless, um, it was just always something, you know, but to be involved in the dance of Harlem, to have that type of avenue to see life differently, to see a different set of people, to see a different set of backgrounds, to um, see women dressed a different way to see grown-ups you know although it was in the middle of harlem and harlem have some of the same um the same history it was just different for me um because it was under a professional um how can i put this it was in a professional setting so it's a difference it's a difference it's a difference so i'm thankful i'm truly thankful for that 
Um, so, um, moving on. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Wow, wow, wow. What a week. <laughs> what a week. So, here we go with dance. Although I have taken up ballet, I've taken up jazz, uh, contemporary, uh, modern, gymnastics, you know, I found myself looking at a few. Actually, let me go back before that. Last year, I st it is a really, really bad smell in here. And it's not me this time. <laughs> Did someone flush a toilet and then it spilled over or something? It's, it really, wow. I'm so, I'm so, I'm, <laughs> dude, I was literally, literally in the zone. And then I just got this really bad smell coming in. I'm, now I'm hunting for words because I'm trying to fight off this smell. <laughs> so guys, please excuse me if I'm hunting for, for, uh, for a train of thought. But, oh, wow. I, I would, wow. Yeesh. This is going to be a challenge because it's not going anywhere. It's like it's getting stronger. It's some, someone under the table. And it's not like it's a bad, like a, anyway. All right, let me try to work through this. You got some air freshener? I'm dying right now. Like, seriously. I am dying right now, bro. It's like a, 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 a dead raccoon or something in the ceiling. <laughs> I'm trying to get in and talk about some dance here. And I got, oh, boy, oh, boy. Good Sunday morning. All right. So, my uh, last year was when I was uh, dealing with videos. It's when I first started uploading my dance videos. And up until then, I've never looked at myself on the dance floor. I've been dancing since I was, I believe, 14 years old. Yeah, I've been dancing since I was 14 years old, but today I'm best known for salsa. Um, unfortunately, there are no ballet clubs out there where you can just go and tutu your ass across the floor. <laughs> but I'm best known, man, give me that. Yeah, spray all that shit. Get all that in the air. Hold it man, give it here, man. You need, I need to, yeah. Cause I don't know what the hell has been over here. Well, I need something to help me concentrate. There we go. Oh, yes. Now, now I can be relaxed. Yes. Let me absorb this. Yo, give me my music back. Let's start this all over again. Black image. <laughs> yes. Boom, bat, bat, boom, bat. All right. All right. Bounce. I deem that to be Tierra. Ba boom, boom, bat, bat, doom, that, that. It's the black and match. Da doom, doom, that, that, doom, that, that. It's the black and match. Come on, come on, come on, come on. See, what you guys gotta understand is podcasting is a zone. One minute, or actually one second of silence feels like a minute, it feels like an eternity. So podcasting is a zone. Stand on topic, you have to get into a zone. Get your thoughts collected and getting everything lined up, you have to get into a zone. So sometimes when things are thrown off, I mean, come on, I think we all can relate. We all can relate. It's a zone. It's just live. There's no do-overs. Once you throw it out there, it's out there forever. Everything can be used against you. And sometimes when you're in the moment, some things just come out and then you're pigeonholed. And then you're questioned and it's like, oh my gosh, how could you say something like that? But like, listen, I'm in the moment. It's not the easiest technique to talk in the moment and say all of the right things. This is not writing. When you're writing, you can erase, backspace, and then start all over again. You can put out there the concept that you originally wanted, or you can support it. But when it's live and it's off the dome, I take very little notes because I like things to be natural. Come on, come on. The black and match. So, last year, I started uh, uploading videos. And during the uploading videos, I've never really watched myself dance. I've never seen a technique that I implement. 
And while I'm watching myself on the salsa dance floor, I'm noticing my ballet is still there. My jazz is still there. Every now and then I'll break into a stepping routine. It's all still there. Why should I let that go? Why should I just, you know, detach from that simply because I don't do it anymore professionally? No, 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 no. That's the element, the fundamental element of the black image. You have to take everything there is about you, everything, mold it together, and then push it back out because that's your life, accepting everything about yourself, whether it's good or bad. Man, oh man, I'm telling you, when I watched these videos, I was, I was, I was taken, I, was, I fell in love with myself all over again. I fell in love with dance all over again. So how can I express this? I mean, I'm, I, was a, I was a professional, you know? I was comfortable being a professional. But now, I let all that go because my gift is in my dance. When I looked and I saw even in my church, I was a praise dancer. Dance is in my blood. It's not even something that I originally wanted to do. It was just there. And when I start watching the videos, when I start watching the turn patterns that I was creating on the dance floor, I still saw the martial arts. I still saw Five, five Animals Shaolin Kung Fu. I still I saw all of it. And it created a whole new avenue for me. And then I began to design it. I began to take what I know and design it. Push it out differently. Look around. Okay, this is the salsa scene. Everyone is doing something similar. It's all classroom. But now, let me try something different. Let me try to be the one that stands out. What can I do that makes things a little differently? So, as I continue to dance, just try to be creative on the dance floor. And before you know it, I think I did a move where I, I over-rotated and I thought the girl was tripping. And in order to compensate for that fall, I had to really grasp her hold, but I didn't want to um, break the cycle. So I grabbed her really, really strong. And then I just kept her going. And before you know it, her feet were off the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but when I watched the tape and then I heard the crowd reaction, I made it, wait a minute. Maybe this is something that I can continually, continuously do. So I began to think about all the ballet lifts that we've, uh, we, we trained in. I thought about all of the martial arts things and even, even some of the MMA that I do. When I have to, you know, wrestle and pick guys up, it's certain body uh, mechanics that you have to be um, accustomed to in order to create leverage. So again, the more I watched, the more I became interested in developing something different. So I owe those roots to the late great and absolutely astonishing Arthur Mitchell, the head and founder of the Dance Theater of Harlem. So clap it up for my man. Love you, man. I appreciate everyone you've trained. I appreciate everything that's come from you. I appreciate all of it, you know? I appreciate my aunt. I appreciate my uncle. I appreciate that train and those patterns and those, um, those breadcrumbs of life that were laid down. So, however, today I am best known for salsa. I fell in love with dance all over again. And that's what ultimately, that is the foundation of a lot of the videos that I do. I'm trying to show a different technique. And with that, I have to, I have to acknowledge some of the, some of the pioneers of my thought process, the pioneers of the way, the direction that I've taken um, dance in. And I have to say, when I was in college and I was, uh, shout out to NJIT, when I was in college, I used to go to this place called Terminal One. And there's also this, uh, there's a few places that, are, that were around. There was Terminal One, there was Divas Lounge, um, there was Cultural Explosion, 
um, and Elizabeth. Um, well, that was Red Parrot. Oh, that, that was so many places. That, that was Crystals, the old Crystals. I mean, it, you guys know Crystals. That was the spot. Um, it's been like four or five different companies <laughs> within the last two years. Um, went to a lot of these spots, and there was one consistent company that was always there. It's called Cultural Explosion, um, headed and founded by Juan Calderon. Um, when I came along, his partner was Christina Piedra. Now, Juan was the pioneer of so many of this, the current salsa community. Um, the, the current salsa community's um, style, the current salsa community's um, relations. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of us came out of cultural explosion. A lot of companies today that are thriving came out of influence, if not directly, it was definitely some influence there from Juan Calderon. So he was a pioneer of our time. Him as well as Ismail and now currently Marcus. I mean, these were pioneers of our time. They laid the foundation for so many of us, man. So many. But my personal journey, my personal journey started out with Juan Calderon. And although he was the founder, the actual face of that company was Cristina Piedra. I love me some Cristina. And today, I am dedicating this podcast to esteeming her, to letting her know how much I love her, how much I care for her, how much I want the best for her. I worked for Christina. I, 17 years, 17 years of friendship. I'm talking sincere friendship. I have never loved someone as a friend the way I love Christina. 17 years, never tried anything, no long handholds. No long extended hugs, no kisses, nothing. It was strictly friendship, and I love her. I love for what she exposed us to. See, we had a cohesive team. We had, a, um, I think, a, a core group of five guys. Well, a core group of four guys. That, that, was, that was Ed, that was Ariel, that was, that was Nate. No, okay, let me get this right. That was Ed, that was Ariel, that was Nate, that was Mike, that was Juan, and then that was myself. So we had a core group, but... The, the core of that group was Ed, Ariel, myself, and I believe Juan. Those were the consistent guys. Mike, Nate, uh, who was the other guy? Mike, Nate, damn, whoever I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Mike, Nate, and th those guys, they came a little later, and every now and then it would you know, come in and out. And even myself, I came in and out, but I was still part of that core group. They were a team of engineers. <laughs> I mean, we were all technically extremely, you know, savvy. And we had promise. But together, we were always cohesive in thought. Although Juan was the founder, Christina was the face, and we came, well, the minute we got to rehearsal, our objective was to elevate and esteem Christina. That was our objective, to love her, to show her that we are here for you. Whatever it is we can do to elevate you, we would do. Christina, pound for pound is by far the most articulate, intelligent, lyrically, musically. She's amazing. When it comes down to this dance and Latin art, she's, ama she's amazing. And what, I, and, and what I mean by amazing, over the years that, we've, that I've been a part of the company, we've done these things called theater shows. And when I look at every one of those theater shows, and when they have the, the, um, the, the, the head, the label and how do I put this when it had choreo, choreo, choreographed by it was always Christina Pietra now think about this you have a theater show a theater show has halftime has intermission you know in some in some sense but you have at least let's say 
on minimum four numbers preceding intermission and then four to five numbers after intermission. Every last one of the headers had choreographed by Christina Piedra. To have that kind of intellect and to deal with each team, each team had at least 15 to 16 couples. Each team, she had to come up with different and competitive choreography. When I say she's pound for pound, if not on the East Coast, on the U.S. soil, pound for pound, one of the most intelligent women when it comes down to dance. So our job was to always elevate her, always esteem her and let her know we are here for you and we love you. And there's nothing that will separate us from you. Juan elevated Christina. He brought her into the game, gave her a platform to express herself, to just give everything and just show who she is. And she has a degree in, in communications. Intelligent woman. <laughs> I mean, our team was full of degrees. I mean, we have to give it to you. I mean, they, Juan and Christina had a, such a great team. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of that team, man. Oh, and I finally got my chance. But there's a story, a backstory to Christina and I. And that backstory is ultimately when um, I used to, when I used to attend these clubs, I used to see her and I saw her and Juan dance and it was just so, you know, they, they were so, they were so connected in such a way. Now, aesthetically, yeah, he was a little shorter than her, <laughs> but they were, very, they were very much connected. He knew her and she knew him. Now, although Juan, you know, she did most of the work. You know, you sat there most of the time, there's a hell while she just let loose. But you guys were always connected. So when I saw that, there were other people dancing as well, but there was something about Christina that was really eye-catching. She, she just checks all of the boxes, all of them. Tall, long hair, slim. She moves so, uh, just fluid. She's like a ghost, just floats and she just moves so magical. She checked all of the boxes and my goal was to partner her one day. So instead of going to any of the other companies, I wanted to dance with Culture Explosion. And it's not just partner her, I wanted to just experience her on a dance floor. I wanted to, I wanted to see, is it, how, how do you get to a point where you can lead a woman like that? That was a goal of mine. So um, <clears throat> I remember walking on the campus of NJIT and I remember seeing one of the dancers who was a part of the company. And I had, you know, taken a few lessons here and there. I mean, my first lesson in salsa was um, through my uncles at the time, Shellman Dance Academy in Teaneck. And it was um, taught by Ann Cruz. Um, but when I really got into turn patterns, I actually learned in, learned in New Mexico. And they were sponsoring salsa classes for um, the students that were there. And I was, you know, I was, take, I was taking it. It was either the option of swing or salsa. Of course, I took salsa. Um, it was sexier. <laughs> it was just, to me, it was just, just smoother. Um, so when I came back, I just thought I was a shit. I, man, I thought, I'm like, I need to find the right club to go into because I want to get down. And I ended up running into Juan and Christina. So I saw them perform once and they, they performed this thing called the Rueda. And I was like, wow, they're all on the same page. They're all like doing the same moves in a circle. I'm like, that's amazing to me. I wanted to be a part of that. I mean, all of the girls were being led a certain way and it was completely different from what I learned in New Mexico. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I don't know everything I thought I did. But when I saw Christina, I'm like, I have to dance with her. I have to, I have to somehow get to this woman. And I went in premature and I believe I danced with her for the first time at Terminal One. And it was a disaster, you know, and you can, I mean, listen, we all know when it's a disaster. Just, you can, you can see it in a woman's face. <laughs> it was a disaster, she, but she also knew I was a student. 
So I remember walking across campus and NJIT and I saw one of the dancers who was, I, I seen it at a wedding. I was like surprised and I'm like, oh, he goes here as well. So I went to him, I'm like, listen, man, you guys dance amazing. Like, how can I be on your team? This guy looked at me. He said, dude, you need to get some lessons first. Talk about completely destroyed <laughs> my self-esteem when it comes down to dance. Completely destroyed because I thought I was actually onto something. I'm like, it can't be that difficult. One, two, three, five, six, seven. I kind of got into a rhythm. I, I was pretty good at, you know, keeping the pattern and, you know, hand-eye coordination, feet. And I, I thought I had a pretty good thing going on. And he looked at me and said, no, no, no. You need to get some lessons first, brother, man. And I was, I I was sad. However... I had to think about something. I had to think. Either I can get offended at what he's saying and I can just throw it all away. I can listen to this guy and maybe what he's saying is kind of true. So when I thought about when I first tried to dance with her and how it was a disaster and then I think about what he said, although it was kind of cold, in order to elevate, sometimes, man, it's not going to be told in a nice way and you cannot wear your feelings on your shoulders. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad he said it like that, because otherwise I probably would have been in a different, um, tra uh, different train of thought when it comes down to trying to you know, become better at dance. So he told me flat out, you need to get some lessons. So what I end up doing, <clears throat> I started going to Divas Lounge and um, that's where, you know, my former guest uh, Hugo, that's what I met him. And once I started going to Diva Lounge, that was more practice, but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of practice that. I think I could use at cultural explosion because even though, you know, it was thought that I needed more lessons at Divas Lounge, I was thought to be pretty good. So it's not like I can you know, put it like this. If I didn't change my environment, I was never going to grow. You know, I was just, I was just never going to grow. So what I ended up doing, I said, well, if my goal is Christina, then I'm going to start taking lessons from them. And that started the failure in college. <laughs> that started failure in college because the, uh, the, the times where they were teaching lessons, it conflicted with my class schedule. But I wanted to dance with her so bad. I didn't care. I went, the classes were from 8 to 10. But my, class, my, my course was from 6 to 9. So at 7.30, I was out of that class, microprocessors. I was gone. <laughs> and I, I ended up failing that course twice. Because I, I really wanted to, um, to gain knowledge when it comes down to the salsa dance. Um, anyway, so finally, I went to start taking that lessons. And I remember Christina teaching a, a, a class and she was teaching this thing called the 360. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. I just remember when I see dancers, how cool it looked, man. I mean, how could you not want to dance salsa? It's just so cool to see a man and a woman just... They're just so connected in thought. They're so connected in movement. It's just so sensual. And to a degree, it's just a, a, a silent naughtiness to it. I wanted it. I wanted it bad. So I also knew that they had a, a team. They had like classes that they offer. They had um, um, these teams that they, that, they, that they teach. And they have performance teams, level one, level two, and level three. Then they had the performance crew. I was so involved with them. I just wanted to be a part of it. So... I knew how to get attention. I had a ballet, uh, ballet background. I had a jazz background, a breakdancing background. I had a gymnastics background, all through Dance Theater of Harlem. So in, during intermission, 
between the lessons, I would go off to the side and just start doing pirouettes. <laughs> I would start doing like, you know, little things with strength testing and I started just to catch attention. And eventually I saw Juan peeking over. I'm like, that's right. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in this company one way or the other. I'm gonna get in this freaking company. And then after the, after, uh, I think if not that night, a few lessons down the road, uh, Juan's like, yo, let me speak to you for a minute. Are you, um, what do you do for a living? And I told him I was in school and whatnot. He's like, so, um, like, but I see you over there dancing a lot. Like, what is your background? He's like, oh, well, you know, I do this, that, and the other. I was acting like I really wasn't trying to advertise myself. So he's like, listen, can I interest you? Dude, before he even said, can I interest you in dot, 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 I was already, yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah, yeah, please. Please, um, when do I start? <laughs> How much? Uh, where do I go? Like, come on, talk to me. What, when do you guys rehearse? Because I am there. Whatever it is, I am there. To me, this is the top echelon company. And that woman over there, that's my goal. That is my goal from here to heaven. That's my goal. Yes! I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what you need me to do. I am there. Well, it wasn't long before... I started taking like performance classes with them, had the class card. Um, Brenda was at the front, front desk and I began to develop a relationship with the Culture Explosion family. And then eventually um, I got close enough to Christina and when I saw her, for the first time I saw her lead a woman. I saw two women dance and she was taking the, guy, the, the guy's lead. And I remember leaving and we were all stepping outside and I said, wow, I've never seen a woman dance with another woman before. And I'm like, it's interesting because your lead is almost better than mine. <laughs> this girl responded, my lead is better than yours. I hated her after that because I'm like, okay, <clears throat> although this is a, a beautiful team, it seemed like you guys don't really pull your punches too much. You guys are some cold people. I mean, damn, I'm a guy and you're a girl. Your lead should not be better than mine. I could either take what she said to heart, give up, switch companies, wear my feelings on my shoulders, and move on and say, bump you guys. I'm, this is not what I want. Or I can listen to her, really listen to her, and it's not prepared in a way that I would want to immediately receive. But then I have to think, is her lead really better than mine? And is that a challenge to me to get better? Not to get offended and get worse. And then start, you know, hating the girl. Although I still did that anyway. Um, it's my choice. Whether or not I was going to take this information and either make it make me better or make me worse. So eventually, I think I took a, a little time off. I hung out at Divas a little bit longer. I stayed in class because it took me some time to kind of get over those words. I just didn't appreciate them. I didn't appreciate the guy telling me that, you know, I need lessons originally, but it, you know, I ended up taking this advice and getting more lessons, but I did not, I didn't appreciate Christina telling me that her lead was better than mine. Cause it was just, you know, I just didn't want to believe that. But once I got over myself, I eventually say, you know, bump this man. Let me be a little strong. Let me be a man about this and let's move on. All right. I ain't never, I ain't never back down. They ain't never been no hoe in me. So let's just do this, man. Fuck that. So I went back. And I started really, I, I, I started laying down the groundwork and started really focusing on this and focusing and started looking and studying people, studying their moves. This one guy, Christian Nunes, I should study that. He was so theatrical on the dance floor. This guy's amazing. He was able to spin. 
I mean, all kinds of spin, like really, really spinning. If you ever seen Christian with Twinkie, it was, that was no one better. I, I could just settle just watching these two. They were just so, I mean, oh my God. Then I saw this guy, Ariel. I mean, he was, how, how, how can you put so much into one brain? How could this guy move the way he was moving? This team had all of the right ingredients. Then you had Juan who wasn't much of a showman, but his technical ability to lead any woman, any woman, top shelf, hands down, top shelf. You know, the other guys, they, it's, it's a certain kind of woman you have to be able to lead because of, the, because of your style. When you have like those real, you know, showmanship styles, not every woman can handle that. When you have that technical, when you're just throwing, just throwing pattern after pattern after pattern, not every woman can follow that. But Juan had the way. He wasn't really concerned with doing multiple and multiple patterns. In he wasn't really concerned with just convoluting the entire dance with a bunch of patterns. He was just concerned with just making sure that the woman was comfortable. Operating within her dance range. That was his goal. But then when I see him, when I see Christian, when I see Ariel, then I saw this guy, uh, Johan. Boy, boy, you talking butter? You talking the cat that's smooth, man? Jeez. I'm telling you, this cat was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Excuse me, I have to um, acknowledge my, my listeners. So this cat was amazing, just smooth. Like he was, he had a, a style similar to Juan's as well. Making sure that the woman is comfortable. See, salsa speaks a certain language. One, two, threes, and five, six, seven. The guy's language has to, if I speak Spanish, and you speak English or vice versa. We can't communicate. Salsa speaks that same language. You have to be able to communicate. And that's where the ones and the fives comes in. That's where the twos and the sixes comes in. That's where the eight count phrases comes in. That's where the shines and the freestyle. That's where all of that comes in. Connecting with the woman, speaking the language so you guys are cohesive. And this guy, Johan, had this way of just being so smooth. <laughs> God, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Not every woman knew the pattern, but somehow between him and Juan, they knew how to keep that woman on some kind of count. And sometimes you can see them going transitioning between one and two, two different uh, steps in salsa. They just, had to, they just had this way of always keeping her beautiful. And this whole time looking back, just taking notes, just taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. And to this day, I'm going to tell you straight up, I got, I took all y'all moves, every last one of them. I, I have video of you guys. I studied, I took all of their moves. <laughs> Just taking notes, watching and taking notes. Because when I get out there, I want to make sure I have all of those elements. Not saying it creates the perfect dance, but I want all of those elements. So now fast forwarding. I finally got the opportunity to showcase some of my strength. And we began to, once I made it on the team, uh, I was always pretty much in the back. I had to work my way up. It's just what it is. Juan, it was Juan, Christina, um, Becky, and Ariel. They were the core of the group when it comes down to partnerships. So whoever came after them was always, you know, centered amongst the back. And I was one of them. But I was just happy to be on stage with these guys, man. I mean, whatever. I was just happy to be up there. So here we are. I mean, really on stage. And I'm always, I always got my eye on Christina the entire time. I, have, I always have my eye on Christina. So eventually, when we started doing lifts and tricks and adding lifts and tricks to the routine, the only person on the team who can do those lifts and tricks comfortably was me. So me and my dance partner, she wasn't the lightest girl. She was noticeably heavy. 
And within that noticeably heavy, you know, dance routine, Christina noticed how easy it was. Just tossing her around. I'm a wrestler. I'm an MMA fighter. A woman's weight is nothing to me, especially if she's a dancer. Because most dancers, quote unquote, should be able to hold their weight. At least that's what I was taught. Um, you eventually find out that that's not the case for everyone because not everyone is used to getting thrown around. But for those who are performance teams, most of them should be able to hold their weight. So she saw how easy it was for me. So we just practiced once. We just practiced once. You knew what my goal was. There wasn't anything, anything that was going to prevent me from showcasing to this woman, I belong next to you. And eventually, fast forwarding, after so many practices, eventually she gave me the shot to actually partner with the one routine and we freaking killed it. <laughs> I was like, boy, this is my time. Right here, right now, this is my time. I'm taking this opportunity. Juan, you got to go. I did everything I could to stay with her because I finally had an opportunity. You got to understand, this was a goal from, I think it took me at least six or seven years to get to her. This was my goal and I finally got to her. And not only did I find out she was a great dancer and we partnered really, really well, she's a great friend and a, a, a great communicator. We spent a lot of time talking, spent a lot of time, you know, just sharing stories. I mean, I, I lived in like Cherry Hill at one point and I was, we was rehearsing in Elizabeth and a few times where we was clubbing out and it was just too late. She allowed me to stay in her basement. I mean, we had a really good friendship and there was never any funny business going on between her and I. So I developed a love for her, a sincere love for her. I mean, it can be misinterpreted by anyone and I'm fine with that, but I developed a sincere love for Christina, a sincere admiration for her. And I want nothing but the best for her. And eventually our relationship developed where she began talking to me in a very, very wise way. All, all things that I was dealing with at the time, um, a lot of the bad things that I was involved in, I was confiding in her with, and she began to love me. We began to love each other. And then she began to believe in me. And then she began to know me. And that creates the difference between friendships and foes. She developed a, a way of communicating with me that when, she, that when she speaks, I listen. I have no choice but to listen because I know it comes from a place of love, belief, and knowledge. See, we don't always catch what we expect. I expected just a dance partner. I got a lifetime friend. And I'm talking to lifetime friends where we've been upset at each other. I've been pissed at Christina. She's been pissed at me. But in spite of all of that, there's always been that love. There's always been that belief and there's always been that connected knowledge of one another. And because of that, she began to, I remember, I'll never forget these words. She told me, you are only limited by my choice of how much I choose to focus. I am only limited by my choice of how much I choose to focus. I understood that immediately. She put that in a dance sense because when we dancing, she saw me just fooling around. She just saw me, you know, you know, not really focusing on it. But she's, I, I guess she studied me enough to know that if this guy just focuses on it, he can be, he can, he can actually develop something. He could be great if he just focus on it. So I owe you now. I owe you that same commitment. I owe you, Christina, that same commitment because I love you. I have never loved a friend the way I loved you, Christina. It is my duty that when I look at my life now and see how involved I am with dads, how, 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 how I just have a desire to become one with it, 
And I think about what you exposed me to, MTV, Univision. I mean, t- what, I, what you exposed me to gave me the opportunity to be. <sighs> I remember looking her in the face once. Because as a friend, I never look for those romantic things in friendship. I don't, I don't look, I look her in the face once and I couldn't believe how beautiful she was. Oh my God. I could not, because I have never looked at, it took me at least what's eight years by this time to actually look her square in the face. I'm talking up close and like look in her eyes, these beautiful emerald green eyes. And then the way she wears her hair long and red, how tall she is. I couldn't believe her facial features. And I'm looking at her like, and I, and, and I remember telling her, wow, you are actually pretty. <laughs> she was like, excuse me? I'm like, no, 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 no. Not in that sense. Because you're my friend and I've never wanted to be offensive to you. I mean, because I'm a guy and I'm, I mean, come on, I'm a guy. And I hang around you a lot. I didn't want to ever come off offensive because I cherish what we had. I finally just looked you in the face and I couldn't believe how beautiful you are. I I wasn't trying to be offensive, but I just could not believe your beauty. Oh my God. It was a whole new era. I imprinted on her at that point. And it was my job to protect her at all costs. No one can ever bring me any shit about Christina. I don't care if it's true or not. That is my heart. She has my protection, she has my love, she has my belief, and she has my knowledge. No one can bring me anything about her. And because she's opened up so many doors for me, I now, today, I don't care who disagrees with it, I now claim the top spot in social dance. I am the best that's out there. And on this globe, when it comes to social dance, I'm talking clear cut, unrehearsed, unpatterned, unplanned. You put me on that dance floor, you put any woman in front of me, you put the right song on. I'm telling you right now, can't nobody touch me. And I made that deck de- relate. Uh, de- relate uh, how the hell? Deck declare. Declaration. <laughs> I made that declaration on my salsa page once. Last year, when I start up, started uploading my videos, I made that declaration. And of course, when you say you're the best at something, what happens? Now you get trolls. And this is where we have to re-begin, I guess, maturing. It's, it, you have to become accustomed to reading something, disagreeing with it, and just keep scrolling past it. No one's asking for your opinion all the time. And this is where I began to get trolls. This is where the public life began, and I began to exercise in my ability to, ability to dance. So, of course, I put up this statement, and I put $10,000 behind it. And I will tell you, even to this day, no one's answered the call. I claim on my page, this is how I see myself, I do not do anything. Unless I plan to master it. I do not engage in anything unless I plan on being number one. So on my page, whether or not it's agreed with or not universally, on my page, I claim a top spot when it comes to social dance. Not performance. Social dance. Unplanned, unrehearsed. Nobody on this planet can touch me. I'm the only one walking this planet that can do that. Because when you see me on that dance floor, you see ballet. You see contemporary, you see breakdancing, you see jazz, you see the robot, you see slow motion, you see, I give you everything and that's unheard of. You put on bachata, I'm going to kill that shit. You put on merengue, I'm going to kill that shit. You put on salsa with one dance partner, I'm going to destroy. But I can even add a second girl and look exactly the same. I'm going to destroy it. I'm working on the third. I'm just working on the third. I cannot be touched on that dance floor. When it comes down to my self-worth on that dance floor, I cannot be touched. I owe that 
to the words that were shared to me by Christina Piedra. You are only limited by your choice of how much you choose to focus. I claim to be the best. And the best, there's a big difference between being the best at something and then being the best at something because you're unqualified to do anything else. I am the best at social dance, Latin arts. No question about it. I'm the best. That's how I see myself. Every time I get on that dance floor, that's how I perform. That's what I do. I'm done performing. And honestly, to have this kind of position, you really don't want me rehearsed. <laughs> so what happens? What happens when you make those type of claims? The trolls come. <sighs> and I don't know if you guys have been following. Well, hopefully you guys have. But I've been talking about the Judas effect. And within this Judas effect, I end up getting trolled by my own teammate, an unseasoned person, a person who is learning on the job, a person who has no background in anything but criticism. Between him and his brother, they're just instinctually envious. It's, they're instinctually hateful. It's not just with me. It's with everybody. I just see them how they're instinctually critical of everything, no matter what it is. They just have this instinct, this instinct about them that they just go and just criticize everyone. And it's like, when I think about those who are critical, something, on the, something behind the scene has to be going on, especially when it's instinctual. Now, I don't know between these two guys if it's just bad parenting, if no one checked them as a young age, if they were always in competition with each other and both of them are just, you know, fucking failures. I don't know. But the pain of being trolled by one of your own, it's insulting, especially someone who looks up to you. Someone who was always behind you, admiring what it is you do. Someone who ultimately doesn't measure up. I got trolled by one of my own. And it's, 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 it's annoying. It's so annoying because there's no place for that. And there's really no place for that with me. I'm, I'm cool with everybody. I don't, I don't screw with nobody. You will never find me criticizing anyone unless they're a friend of mine and we're joking. But I never seriously criticize anyone publicly. You don't find that unless you piss me off. You piss me off, then you got it coming. But off the bat, that's just not the kind of energy that I want. You never find that from me. I'm, I, I'm cool. With, I, I'm approachable. I'm friendly. I'm cool with everybody. So when I make a claim on my page, which I'm entitled to, to be trolled by one of my own, dude, you just don't do it. And this is the Judas effect. And unfortunately, Mr. Ricardo Solano, Unfortunately, this was the guy who come on my team and trolls me, Ricardo Solano. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Instinctually envious. Instinctually envious. Comes on my page and says, you're not the best. And this is the reason why. You have Terry, this guy out of Spain. You have Fernando Sosa. He tagged him on my page. You have this other guy. And then he also tagged Ismail. Ismail's a local guy um, in, in, the, in the Jersey scene. He came on my page and started creating BS drama i'm like time out this is my page why do you, why are you offended and i want to ask why were you offended by my claim to me what is this missing in your life that you have to now come at me someone that you cannot measure up to by any stretch of the imagination on any layer you don't measure up to me so why why would you even come at me like that that really screwed with me nonetheless i sunned him i put him in his place and you ought to respect me at all time. And I'm going to tell you this right now. At all times, you are to respect me. You are to respect me. You don't measure up. 
You are to respect me at all times. In your sleep, you have respect for me. Because where you are right now, which you do not deserve to be there, it's because I laid the foundation for you. And it's only because I had other things to take care of that you are in the position that you are now. And you look ridiculous there. This is not a secret. You don't measure up. You don't deserve to be next to Christina. She's my heart. And the only reason why I'm addressing you like this is because I love her. And I want the best for her. You look retarded next to her. And I really think, I really wish you had enough wisdom and enough testicular fortitude to know you don't belong there and move on. I really wish you would have done that because right now you're making a fool of yourself trying to partner something you don't measure up to. That girl has history. She has, she, she's the top echelon. You are next to a legend and you bring her nothing. Juan elevated her. I elevated her like no one else. What are you doing? You have no background. You have no technical ability. You have no style and you're next to someone who's a legend. I'm talking to you like this because of her. I love her and I want the best for her. Now, don't take this the wrong way. Think about earlier in my um, podcast. You can either take this and it can be, it can shame you or it can make you stronger. Now, in my advice, it should make you stronger, make you a better person. A much better person. A much better person. My job is to elevate at all times. Elevate. In all times, in elevation, it's not going to be presented in a nice way. This is my personal opinion about you next to someone who I've been loving for 17 years. Someone who I believe potential is held hostage because she's partnered with you. Someone who in your personal life, clearly you're not successful. So you cannot be successful next to someone who is so successful. She's limited by your partnership. I want you gone. I'm going to tell you flat out, and it has nothing to do with you trolling me. It's the mere fact that you just don't belong there. You're not qualified. And you haven't even tried to be qualified. I want you gone. And you need to go. Both you and your brother, Alex Solano. You guys should leave. Get away from Christina. She has too much promise there. There's too much there. And you guys are just two dead-end dudes just hanging around eating off of her fame. Keeping her hostage. Alex, come on, man. We are men. We're almost 40 years old. Why are you still living in your parents' basement? Come on, dude. You have a kid. How can you father that kid naturally when you're living in your fucking parents' basement? Come on, man. You're a man about this. Don't take this to heart. Elevate. You have to elevate because you two guys are instinctually critical. And instead of whooping your ass, instead of approaching you guys and making a, a really big deal out of this, I'm now going to give you guys a gift. I'm going to give you the same task you've been giving everyone else. You've been critical instinctually. You envious instinctually. You criticize everyone. But now it's time for people to criticize you, my friend. You're 40 years old with a curfew. You're 40 years old with an allowance. You're 40 years old and you're still living in your, childhood, your childhood's room. This is embarrassing. This is it's so embarrassing. It's shameful. And the mere fact that you get in front of us as if you really have something to show and you're not... You're not, you're not promoting Christina to operate in her best. You guys just did a routine last Thursday. You guys did a routine last Thursday, and it was by Daniel and Desiree. Christina has 20 years in the game. And you mean to tell me between you two loser-ass dudes, y'all can't encourage her to step out on her own? Juan elevated Christina. I elevated Christina. 
Ask her. I offered to purchase her own school. I asked. I offered to fund it so she can have her name across the billboard. It could be her thing. Christina's world tour. I offered that. What are you offering her? Nothing. Because you have nothing. If you cannot be prosperous in your personal life, you cannot be prosperous publicly. See, I'm an electrical engineer and I know about connections. I know about putting two things together and creating power. Your success, your power your prosperity is heavily rooted, if not directly related, not directly related to who you're connected with. When Christina was connected with Juan, she had promised. He put up and he put on television. When she was connected with me, we were on television. We had a cohesive unit. We had height. Aesthetically, we look good. <laughs> Aesthetically, Christina, and I, we look, I made sure it was my goal to pay her back. And this is the reason why I'm talking to you cats like this. It's not to hurt you. It's not to shame you. It's to put you in the same critical position you put everyone else in. So now you're going to get criticism. And now it's your job to not focus on the negative. It is your job to only look at the positive, Alex. It is your job not to think of, wow, because <laughs> you're going to get laughed at. You're 40 years old. Come on, dude. You're 40 years old. You should, be, you, you should be further along in life at this point. But living in your parents' basement and being critical online, being someone's troll, dude, you don't do that. I'm sorry, those two things don't match up. But now you're in the same position. You now have to go along and live your life when people know fucked up shit about you. Ask me how I know. And you got to not concentrate on the, on the negative. You got to only think of the positive. And think of the positive to such a degree where you're thinking, man, wow. Wow. They were right. I am too old to be living in my parents. I am a man. I should, I should be able to work two jobs. I'm still young enough. This is the way you got to think. You have to be progressive in thought. You cannot be lazy. You cannot be a loser. I mean, 40, it's never too late. But 40 is, you know, in the last five years, that's been your situation. So it's, it doesn't really seem like you're motivated to do anything better. So, I mean, and honestly, had you not trolled me, I probably wouldn't have bothered you. But because you and your brother are just instinctual trolls. You know, you got to hear this. And it's to make you better. It's not to make you worse. I'm not putting your business out there simply because I'm upset. No, if I was upset, I would have just fucked you up Thursday night when I had the opportunity that was right in your face. But, you know, jump into that situation. <laughs> oh, I'll get it to Thursday night in a little bit. I have about 10 minutes left on this podcast. But my, God, my job is to protect Christina, to love her and want the best for her. And right now, I'm going to tell you, Flutter, I don't think you two belong next to her. I really think you guys should move along. Christina, I, I, it is my advice to get rid of them. Get rid of them and move on. The only way to grow, the only way to develop and really walk in your success, Christina, you got to get rid of bad connections. They bring nothing to the table. Absolutely nothing. You had a team full of engineers. We all esteemed you. We all lifted you up. What do you have now? They're not prosperous in their personal life. There's no hint of being prosperous in their personal life. Ricky, you can't even respect the woman that you're with. Why aren't you honest with her? Why can't you be honest with her? You're about to marry this woman. Give her an informed choice. Give her the choice of to choose you. She has a son that she has to raise. Give her that choice to choose you. Don't let her choose you and then later on in life found out you was full of shit. Hint, hint. You know what I'm discussing. I was right next to people when those text messages was coming in. Be honest with your girlfriend. Be honest with her. Give her the right to choose you. Stop bullshitting. Be a man. Christina, get away from these two guys. I'm telling you right now, it's been too long and you, your career has been too stagnant. Get away from these guys. They mean you no good. So why am I saying all of this? I have to clear up a certain situation that happened on Thursday. 
Sunday, I was going about my life, doing my own thing, and I caught another troll. CJ Mo ended up tagging Alex onto my page, onto my podcast. I've since erased it because I just don't want anything, you know, I don't want anything, I don't want to keep on addressing this issue. So uh, CJ Mo tagged Alex on, my, on one of my podcasts and, and, and had him come on as a potential guest, playing around. Alex began, um, he answered the call and said some really jacked up stuff. I don't screw with, Alex, you know I don't fuck with you like that. You know that. I, I don't like you. I don't like your brother. I just don't like you, Cassman. Every time I see you, I want to just bash your face in. But I steer clear because I just don't like you. I don't like trolls. I don't like, I don't like men that are so petty. I mean, come on. I don't like that shit. Grow up. Be a man. Deal with yourself. Get out of your parents' basement first. Dude, I don't like that. So he come on my page and he know I don't fuck with him. And he says some fucked up shit. So I said, okay, like, listen, my man, you know I don't, I don't fuck with you like that. Stay the hell off my page. He said something back. I'm like, oh, hell no. Dude, you know you got to eat these words now. Why are you fucking with a cat like me? I don't fuck with nobody. Leave me alone. But now that, you, now that you're here, you're going to see me again. So when you see me, now I'm going to force you to eat these words. The next day, I couldn't believe this gift that I was given. The next day, this guy was, um, team was coming on to perform at 46 Lounge. Oh, I said, oh, boy. Now here we are. They're, form they're performing at 46 Lounge. I'm going to see this guy this night. There's nothing that's going to prevent me from addressing him, but I don't want to fight. I'm going to give you the option to talk. I want to squash this because this instinct, this instinctual nature between you and your brother, I want, to I want you guys to stay the fuck away from me because the way that we are going, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to get fucked up, not me. And if I got to fuck you two dudes up, then that's going to hurt Christina. And I love her. I don't want any harm to come to her. Ricardo, if I fuck you up, that's going to bring harm and pain to Nisi. And I love Nisi. I, I, I love the support system that she needs. She needs a support system. If I fuck you up, dude, that's not going to help. So I chose to talk. But because there's so much fear in trolls, whenever you confront one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things about trolling is when you run into them. So when I came to 46th Lounge, I didn't see Alex. I didn't see him hiding in the back in the kitchen because he knew I was coming there. But he didn't know I didn't come there not to fight. He thought I was coming there to fight him. I was coming there to talk just to squash this because as a man, I ain't got time for that. I got a family. I ain't trying to be going back and forth with these cats. Squash it. Stay the fuck away from me. Live your life. Do your thing. In my heart, I want you to get the hell away from Christina because you ain't shit to me. You don't look good next to her. You don't, you just, you just, you're just not, you're just not meant to me. You're just, just, you're fucking dead end dudes. I came to talk. So, quite naturally, when it's time to perform, I saw him. I'm like, oh, okay, he, he, he's hiding in the back. Whatever. That's what trolls do. They talk tough online, but then they run. We got to the, um, when, the, when the performance ended, I tapped him on the shoulder, went to the back to wait on him. If I wanted to knock him out, I would have did it right there on the dance floor in front of everybody. Everyone was watching. <laughs> it was a perfect opportunity to assert myself. But that's not what I'm about. I only go there when I have to. I didn't feel like I had to go there. I thought there was enough there as a man that we can go in the back and talk. Of course, he took offense to me tapping him on the shoulder and thought I was at a fight. I tried to assert him that I wasn't, and I went to the back to talk. The minute we got back there, this dude was pale white. I have never seen fear in the man's face like that before. And he immediately began calling for security. Guys, as men, when you troll somebody, somebody you got to be ready to deal with the results of that. When you troll a woman, you know, that's different. But when you troll a man, you got to be ready to deal with that. You cannot troll someone, talk shit online, get all tough behind the keyboard, and then when you're face-to-face, -face, fear. 
I got everything I wanted out of you. I didn't have to hit you. I didn't have to knock you or your brother out standing next to I would expect that you two standing next to each other would be able to try and take me. <laughs> but both of you guys, fear in your face. You gave me everything I needed. Everything. Everything. You gave me everything I needed. And now I'm bringing this to the forefront. So now you are tasked with the same, the same journey. You have to now survive this criticism. Survive everyone knowing that you're all down to 40 years old. And you still live in your parents' basement, that you get a curfew, and that you have an allowance, that your room still have your, your high school t-shirt up on it. You're still living in that environment. You're damn near 40 years old. So now this is, ladies, when you, this is when you see a box and don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> when you unwrap that, don't judge that book by its cover because there has some guys. I'll give it to you. These are, these are decent looking guys, but their backgrounds are empty. So. You have no choice but to rise at this point, Alex and, um, and Ricardo, because, Alex, your pussy stock is plummeting. You're done. That's just over with. You have no choice but to move forward. Ain't no woman in her right mind is going to be fucking around with you at this point. Because where are you going to bring her? To your parents' basement? You ain't got no money to buy a hotel? You, 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 I mean, what, 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 what's there? You're empty. Survive the criticism. Ricardo, be honest with Nisi. Be honest, my man. Be honest. Give her the choice. Man up. Man the fuck up. Survive the criticism. At the end of the day, there's a big difference between being the best at something and then being the best at it because you're unqualified to do anything else. What's stronger than love? Belief. But what's stronger than belief? Knowledge. We're not living in a day and age where we have to believe anything anymore. You have to know things. It's easy to dismantle or disconnect from someone that you love. It's even harder to disconnect from someone that you believe in. But when you are connected to someone that you know, there's nothing that can separate you guys. And even when you are separated, you still have that love from a distance. You still have that belief from a distance because you know that person. This is the black image. I'm sorry we had to go take this route, but listen, I gotta speak on real experiences. I have to speak on real inspiration. I have to give you what's actually happening in my life. Now, although this may seem petty to some, I'm fine with that. Fuck you. <laughs> I got two trolls and I just checked these two bitches. How about that? My love. I love you, baby. Belle, I love you, girl. Michael, Maya, Monet. And my Michaela, oh, my Michaela, my Michaela, my Michaela. Daddy's on his way, baby. Daddy is on his way. See, it's not only a, it's, 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 I don't got it all together. Dude, right now I have an active restraining order against me. It's active. <laughs> I don't have it all together either. An active restraining order. I've been to jail. I have a, I have a fucked up past to a degree. But that past does not prevent me from being progressive. And this is what I want you and Alex to do. Both Ricardo and Alex, I want you guys to be progressive. But right now, not next to Christina. Fix your life first. Fix your raggedy ass life first. And then come back into the scene. Give that girl a chance to shine. Don't, don't, don't empty her out. Stop using her. That's not what we do as men. All right? So, oh, wow. I feel better. <laughs> I feel a lot better. Yo, Frankie, Michelle, Toko, Matos, what, Nettie? Nettie. <laughs> Nettie. I know this is good. <laughs> I know this is good, baby. Giltree, Tyrone, Karen, Lorenzo, Trentino, Chris King. Yo, Janet, Mark Flores, Hector Rivera, Clifford, Raymond, Bill, Ornella, Yada, Yvonne. 
I love you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for rolling out with me and rocking out with me this morning. Listen, progressive. We ought to elevate one another at all times. I love you. Check us out this Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. We are talking about all lies, both black lies and little white lies. All lies matter. Tune in this Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. with me and the crew, all right? Love you guys. Black Image out. Ho! It's the Black Image. Hey! Ha <laughs> ha! I feel